0: Hi, and welcome to the Days Gone podcast. I'm Claire Weaver, a screenwriter, author, and Days Gone fan, and this podcast is a place to discuss the game in all its glory, share my opinions, both popular and unpopular, and listen to me fangirl over one of the best games ever made. There will be spoilers ahead, so continue at your own risk. Welcome to The Freak Show. Those of you who follow my Instagram will have seen that I'm on a road trip at the moment. I'm currently in Everston, Wyoming, and you can probably hear in the background the sound of the rain. I will try to do my best to do the noise reduction on this, but I'm sure you can hear it's coming down here. This is the longest I have been away from playing Days Gone since I started, uh, and I miss it. It's only been a few days, and I'm having withdrawals. It's like everything I look at reminds me of the game and part of me just can't wait to get home and get back into playing it. Uh, Anyway, let's get back to part two of the Sponicus Rex interview that I recorded just before I left. In the last episode, he shared some excellent gameplay tips and tricks. Let's see what he has for us next. Uh, You made a comment recently on Reddit recommending to clear each map region in the order of ambush camps, infestation zones... Nero injectors, and then to start doing missions. Can you elaborate on why that's the best order? Sure.
1: Uh, and that's, uh, <laughs> that's one of those things that I often copy and paste uh, because it, it's kind of a detailed response, but it makes sense once you start to use it. The reason that I recommend doing ambush camps, then infestation zones, and then neuro injectors, and then exploring and doing missions in that specific order. It's the most efficient way to clear each map region, to actually clear the map in that region. If you do the ambush camps first, when you go down in the bunker and you interact with the map that the marauders have down there in their bunker, you interact with that map, it actually removes the fog from your in-game map. So it will remove the fog from the map, which will put the exact location of all of the nest in that area. Their exact locations will then be on the map and the exact location of every Nero injector will be on the map. So, and it also puts other uh, local points of interest, like I think the historical markers and stuff are then placed on your map as well. So doing those ambush camps... Reveals the map, shows you the exact location of all the nest, shows you the exact location of all the neuro injectors, and it gives you a safe place to rest. Uh, because one of my early tips is don't get caught out at night. Find places to rest and until, you know, un- until first light so you can go out and explore safely. So it gives you a place to rest, gives you a fast travel point, uh, gives you a place where you can use the locker to refill your ammo, there's usually a fuel can to refill your gas, you know, so you have all these advantages and crafting recipes. Geez, I almost forgot to mention crafting recipes from unlocking the ambush camps. You have all these advantages for doing the ambush camps. That's the absolute first thing you should do, and it reduces the number or it reduces the frequency of the roadside ambushes. You know, your your super annoying sniper in the trees. Those guys. Uh, man. Yeah, your dead shot <laughs> snipers in the trees, your your wire across the road. Those are never going to go away, but you can reduce the frequency at of which they happen by clearing the ambush camps in the area. So you get map markers, you get a place to rest, you get fuel, you get ammo, you get a safer region. Then once you've removed all the fog from the map you now know where every single nest is. Then it's time to start clearing the infestation zones. Because, you know, normally Deacon will just kind of roll around and be like, oh, I smell another nest. There must be one nearby. And then you have to go find the nest. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't cleared the fog from the map, you don't know if you've found all the nest in the area. So clearing that fog from the map by doing the ambush camps first lets you know every single nest location they're right there on your map you just go straight to it no questions takes all the takes all the trial and error out of it then now that you've cleared the ambush camps and you've cleared the infestation zones there will be fewer freakers fewer random freakers you've made the area safe to just kind of go out and explore and every single injector is now on your map also then it's time to go gather up those injectors, get yourself built up, get your focus and stamina and health built up. Uh, and uh, then the area is safer. <clears throat> you can see the entire map. You have all the injectors, so you're as powerful as you can be for that part of the game. Then you can go out and just start exploring, looking for a little hidden loot locations, uh, looking for hordes and, and doing missions. Uh, But that's why you want to do it that way, because each step in that process naturally flows into the next step. And by the time you're done, you've cleared the entire map in that region and you can go ahead and push forward with the story.
0: That's really, really interesting. I never even thought about it in that way. I always do it based on less travel time. You know, so like okay. I'll do an and you area. Efficient
1: travel route. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Whatever I'm near, if I see there's an ambush camp or an infestation or whatever, I'll just do it. And I just yeah. kind of go. I follow the missions and let that sort of lead me around the map and just kind of take out everything on, along the way. I never even thought to kind of approach it a little more methodically. And I'm currently playing through this is my third playthrough. I'm on Survivor Two difficulty, nice. so I'm having a lot of fun and. I am thinking now maybe I should use the strategy.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's two ways of Well, there's always more than two ways of looking at something. But one perspective is really it's more fun to just experience the game organically and kind of take it as it comes and just experience the story as it's being told. And the other perspective is, you know, like you said, methodically approaching it. Approach clearing the map methodically, so like you're like a search grid. If you're looking for a missing person, you know you don't just go out and wander around. You have to, you know, have a pattern so that you don't overlap what you've already done. And uh, it's it's just one of those things where it just depends on how you look at it. Some people have more fun just going out and experiencing the game organically. Where or some people have even more fun if they're doing it efficiently and and they know they're not missing anything,
0: right? I I, yeah I always have that sort of I need to find everything and I can't and I <laughs> yeah. also and I hate like zigzagging across the map because it seems like a waste right. of gas I'm like let me just do everything while I'm here um, but I'll try I'm gonna play yeah. it differently this time I'm gonna see I've done uh, the first two areas I haven't opened up Lost Lake yet so I'm still pretty early on oh, in the game yeah, gotcha. so I'll try it with Lost Lake.
1: Do you have your SMP9 yet?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm playing New Game Plus, so I have everything Oh, okay, I have everything so it's
1: not, a, it's not a fresh start playthrough. No, it's a New Game I Plus.
0: should have maybe done that, but... Ah,
1: doesn't matter. Whatever you're having fun <laughs> with. Uh, so there is one caveat to you know saying ambush camps, infestation zones, then injectors, And this was mentioned uh, in a post just the other day. If you are near something, go ahead and grab it you know if you're near an arrow if you are near a Nero injector, go ahead and get it. there's no reason not to grab it while you're there just the the uh pattern that you want to use throughout most of the game is ambush camps, infestation zones, Nero injectors, then exploration and missions,
0: yeah you said um." to rest up and not go out at night. I've mm-hmm. never done the sleeping thing. I just go out. <laughs> I ain't got time to waste. I just want to go out <laughs> now. Like I don't want to even yeah, sit through okay. that little cutscene of the, you know, so, night becoming day and as beautiful as it is, but playing on survival too, I will say I, I'm actually kind of scared to go out at night. I've never really straight. felt that before on the, yeah. uh, the lower difficulty levels. Even though I, I'm not a great player, you know it, the the hordes can easily take me out if I'm caught unawares. So I do a lot of just running away and jumping on my bike and being like, "Fuck it, I'll come back later. I can't handle sure. the enemy right now." Um, but yeah, playing at night, it's uh, they're fucking everywhere. Which I knew that, but I think when you're when you feel a little weaker, when the enemy feels a little stronger, mm-hmm. it's definitely there is the element of fear. So, do you recommend? only playing in the daytime or just at the beginning of the game, the first couple areas? At at the
1: beginning. Yeah. uh, Until you reach a point, basically just as the individual, the individual gamer, when you reach a point where you're comfortable being out at night, go for it. You know, like for me personally, if I'm on a fresh playthrough where I'm starting from the beginning with nothing, when I get my auto shotgun unlocked, that's when I'm okay to start going out at night. Uh, But for me, it's now I'm not one of those hardcore role playing type gamers where I I try to put myself in the mindset of the character and it's it's got to be super immersive. Nah, man, I ain't got time for that shit.
0: You don't want to do that with Days Gone, though, because putting yourself in in the mindset of Uh, Deacon. That's not a good (laughs)
1: headspace to find yourself in, right? Uh, But from a role play perspective, think about the character Deacon St. John. You know, he is a very tactically minded person. He's former military. You know, he knows how to get shit done, but he knows how to be smart about doing it. I can picture. As the character Deacon St. John, how would he handle these things? Well, he would rest up until first light and then go out at first light. Then go do your exploring, scout the area because you know there's fewer freaks out. You know, that's when you do your scouting to set up your next big horde battle. You're not gonna go, you're not gonna go out in the middle of the night where there's freaks wandering around everywhere and hordes wandering around everywhere and do your scouting then. No, man, do that stuff in the day while you know they're sleeping.
0: You're making me feel so bad about the way I play this game
1: (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) that's what's so great about this game is that there is no wrong way to play it there are good ways to play it there are better ways to play it but there's no wrong way if you're having fun you're doing it right you know yeah
0: how many playthroughs have you done do you think
1: oh god i've I've honestly lost count i've honestly lost count i uh now and i have to you know full disclosure here some of those were just for the purpose of making videos Mm -hmm. like i did uh a full playthrough on survival 2 with no commentary, just straight, v- virtually unedited gameplay uh, with no commentary, and that was a full playthrough. And then I did another full playthrough that was my uh, my live stream series where I live stream a full playthrough. So that's two right there that were they were for a specific purpose. Uh, but I, I've I've beat it. I've gone all the way through at least eight or nine times, if not more. I've honestly lost count.
0: How many other games do you play? Like how often do you like step away and play something else? Cause the game to have, to have played days gone eight, nine, ten, maybe times it's only been out for two years. Well, and that
1: goes into, you know, an efficient play style. Some of those plays, some of those playthroughs, um, you know, I'm running through it really, really efficiently. So it's, it doesn't really take me that long to complete a playthrough. But your question was, you know, uh, do I play other games? And for about a year and a half, no. <laughs> I didn't. I literally, I may have started other games, but since I started playing Days Gone, I have not finished a single other game. And I've tried. I've started a dozen fantastic AAA games, and I just get bored with them and go right back to Days Gone. You know, I have not finished a single playthrough of any other game since I discovered Days Gone. Damn. And I've played good stuff. You know, I, I've played, uh, oh, damn, now I'm trying to come up with the God of War, the new God of War, mm-hmm. uh, which is great on PlayStation 5. But still, I just got bored with it, didn't finish it. Uh, you know, the, the Cowboy one, what is was it? Red Dead Redemption 2. You know, I, I got bored with it and went right back to Days Gone. Tons of really Legit kick ass games. I just couldn't get into them. Nothing fills that void after days gone.
0: I hear you. Well, hopefully you <laughs> finish The Last of Us Part Two because you are live streaming that, so you kind of have an obligation. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of obligated at this point.
0: And I am excited to see <laughs> what you think of that game. I don't know if you know anything about the the structure of the game or or any of any spoilers for the story. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to tell you any. Um, But I'm interested to see your reaction to to certain story points.
1: Sure. Uh, And I've had some of like the the big stuff has been spoiled. Of course, in my playthrough, we're already to the point where Joel has been murdered. Um, And that's that's one thing about The Last of Us 2. You know, it just does not matter how good of a job Naughty Dog does telling their story. It doesn't matter how good they do telling their story. I am never going to give a shit about the bitch that killed Joel. It's just not going to happen. Please stop trying. You know, well,
0: but, just a mild spoiler: they will keep trying.
1: <laughs> That's what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't get mad at them for trying, but it's it's just not going to happen.
0: I will say it is a great game to play. the The story mm-hmm. got a little tiresome for me. Just the theme of. Well, I, I don't want to go into it too much, but just you know the the kind of the story and the themes and everything get a little heavy handed. And I was like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. Stop already. Like, but the game is entertaining. It is a fun game to play. Oh,
1: the gameplay is a blast. I'm having a blast with the actual gameplay. You know, it's, it allows you to be very tactical, just like Days Gone does. You know, you have a lot of options for how you can, you know, use the terrain to your advantage and use your tools. So the gameplay has been a lot of fun, but I agree. Uh, You know, in part one, they told you the story. And they left it up to you to decide what you thought was right or wrong. Right. And in part two, it's like they're instead they're trying to tell you what's right and what's wrong. And it's like, well, I mean, why can't we just leave it open to the player?
0: That's the thing about the first one is you didn't really know what the point of the story was. Like the thematically yeah. until after you played it when you realize, exactly. oh, shit, I was a bad guy. <laughs> Yeah. Like fuck! From I thought I was the yeah. yeah. I thought I was the good guy, murdering hundreds and thousands of people and, and infected, <laughs> and you know yeah. depriving the world of a cure. I thought I was the good guy, and then it's like, oh no, that's what bad guys do. That's what delusional yeah, people who think they're yeah. the good guys do. Um. So I love like that. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like schizo. <laughs> Speaking of Schizo, uh, no, I was going to say speaking of, of games, what is your favorite element of Days Gone?
1: Sure, that's an easy one. And, and I've said this from the start. Uh, it is the level of creative freedom. Days Gone has an insane level of creative freedom where they allow the player to control the battlefield in a way that very, very few other games have played. Uh, Put across in the past, Um, you know. For example, and and not—I'm not, you know, just tooting my own horn here. But this is an example that people might be familiar with: clearing the hordes without firing a single shot. Even the biggest story mission hordes, and we're talking 300 freakers, 500 freakers. If you use your imagination a little bit, use the terrain and use the tools. You don't even have, you don't have to go in with the, the Chicago chopper or the MG 55. You don't have to play it that way if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the level of creative freedom in all of the encounters, even using smoke bombs against the wolves, you know, it's, it's just such an incredible level of freedom that the player has that, that right there is one of the things like, Oh man, this I'm like a, a, I'm a kid at the playground, you know, this is me, this is, this is me right here, you know? So it, it yeah. Creative freedom.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, those are all the questions I have for you. All right. Did you want to ask me anything? I know you said you, uh, hell yeah. Maybe you had a couple questions for me. Yeah.
1: So schizo, seriously, I don't know if that's a question or a statement, but that's where I'm starting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to most people, it's a statement. I don't, every okay, okay. every time I say I love Schizo, everyone's like, "What? What the fuck is wrong with you? Why?" <laughs> um, I, I I've said this before. Schizo is just so refreshing. I think as a villain in in video games. I mean, maybe there are other characters like him in other video games I haven't played, but for me, like most of the the video games that I play, things like Uncharted. Tomb Raider, Assassin's Creed. You know, the bad guys are kind of easy to spot as bad guys.
1: Very one-dimensional.
0: Yeah. Schizo, like, obviously he's hes not the kind of guy that you like, but he's the kind of guy that I have met in real life. I know people like Schizo. You know, okay. I know people who who just think that they know everything. And you're like, oh, God, dude, no, you don't. Like, just, <laughs> ugh. yeah. But he just seemed real. And he almost seemed, in a way um kind of harmless at the beginning like he just seems like an an opinionated douchebag um and (laughs) then of course as the story unfolds you realize like oh he's actually a really talented opinionated douchebag like he's really good
1: (laughs) i mean we'll give credit where it's due right yeah
0: and i just i loved the 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 just the ability the character had to not only uh do what he does in the game but he actually had me convinced when with the whole sequence where you go and you get the deck cord and the dynamite and all of that, and mm-hmm. he's talking about Iron Mike's gonna get everyone killed. Iron Mike's fucking crazy. We need to do something. You know, maybe me and you should run the camp. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this is where the story's going. Maybe Iron Mike is kind of crazy. Maybe he is gonna get everyone killed. Oh shit, this is kind of worming its way into my brain and so and as a player i'm watching the game unfold and i'm thinking wow yeah i actually kind of agree with this kid and then of course the big twist you know schizo sells you out and i did not see it coming i mean color me naive but i didn't see it coming even though i was consciously thinking about schizo being kind of weasley and kind of a bit of a douchebag and how you you don't like him but he's still got a point and i know that he's you know trying to turn your opinion like I recognize mm-hmm. all of that, and yet still he turned my opinion. And so that's why yeah. I think he's a great character.
1: He's the serpent trying to sell you an apple.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he he's good at it. And it's just so it's just so well written and has so much depth where he's not just the sort of scheming, you know, oh, I just want to kill everyone or or Lena, you know, like like Carlos Jesse is a little over the top. You know, yeah. and it's when yeah. I describe the game to people and I'm like, oh yeah, and then there's this cult of people called (laughs) rippers and they carve their face it just seems so like so larger than life and so so you know such as the sort of thing you'd see in a movie and yet schizo felt like he'd stepped out of real life so that's that's why my heart kind of goes out to schizo a little bit as a character you know as as a storyteller myself i can appreciate when someone else, another storyteller has done a fantastic job.
1: Uh, okay. That is a very interesting perspective. And, and honestly, I, I never, I appreciate that, you know, the angle that he brings to the story again as a, just a character who advances a story. I can appreciate that, but I never really thought about it as from the perspective of the storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that that is an interesting perspective. So for me, the thing about Schizo is that he's not trustworthy. It's that simple from the first moment they introduced that character, the first time he got one moment of screen time. My thought as the gamer was, we're going to have to kill that fucker later, aren't we? (laughs) And, and, you know, and of course that's how it plays out. But, uh, the thing is, you know, one of the major themes of the game is loyalty, you know, Deacon and Boozer, you know, the, the loyalty that they share as brothers from, from the, uh, motorcycle club, The loyalty that Deacon has for Sarah, you know, for the memory of his wife. And then when he finds her, like this is an all consuming drive because he's so loyal to his wife, you know?
0: And the test of his loyalty with Ricky.
1: And that is why he turns Ricky down. You know, that's another topic that we could go into is because she was being disloyal to Addie. And Deacon's just not going to be part. Of that, you know, because loyalty is so important to him. And he even says, you know, I don't think Addie would be okay with this. And that's how he shuts her down. It's like, this is, it is very gentle, but firm. Mm-hmm. This is not happening. Addie would not be okay with this, which means I am not okay with this because you're being disloyal to someone that you're in a monogamous relationship with. And I'm not okay with that. Yeah. And it, it's the loyalty thing. But, you know, going back to Schizo and, and loyalty, Schizo will betray anyone at any time if he thinks he can gain from it. And, you know, even when he's trying to subvert Iron Mike's authority and divide and conquer and split the heads of the camp up. Uh, that's all he's doing is looking out for himself. And he's that kind of slimy motherfucker that lies to himself saying, oh, it's for the good of the camp. I'm trying to help the camp, you know, help me help the camp. No, man, you just, you're looking out for number one. You are just trying to get a better deal for yourself and get other people out of the way, which we know from that collectible that we find where we know Schizo is the kind of motherfucker that kind of, you know, moves people out of the way by getting rid of them. And that's all he's doing is he's trying to get rid of Iron. He's trying to get Deacon to do the dirty work of getting rid of Iron Mike so that he can then get rid of Deacon and rule the camp himself.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know that if you go through with it, that (laughs) Schizo will have some like extra step of the plan that he didn't tell you about that somehow sees you getting... Yeah. Down to the and, and that's
1: the same thing when he pits, when Schizo pits Deacon against the Rippers, all he's doing is using Deacon to get rid of the Rippers and, and or get rid of Deacon, whichever happens first. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's about loyalty for me. That's that's why I just really despise Schizo again from the perspective of the main character, Deacon St. John. It's all about loyalty. Loyalty is a major theme in the game. And you Schizo can't be trusted. He has no sense of loyalty, and that's what makes him worthless, in my opinion.
0: And that's what makes him the the villain, the main antagonist. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. you have the Freakers, um, you know, and and the Rippers and all of that, but Schizo is the only one who's, like, one individual. I mean, I guess maybe the Colonel, but he still has the whole militia. Schizo Mm -hmm. is just one man, and, you know, with him being kind Mm. of the, the final... I guess final boss battle, even though it's not much of a boss battle. Like you say, when you take into account that the theme is loyalty, it makes sense that he's the final boss that you fight.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting, actually. Uh, And, you know, I I think that boss battle air quotes that went the only way it could have in where I come from. Schizo is what we would call a punk ass bitch.
0: Oh, hell yeah. He's
1: just, he's a <laughs> punk ass bitch. You know, he, he, he was not cool enough to get his own boss battle and he wasn't tough enough to face Deacon in an actual boss battle. Even though Deacon had just been blown up, blown up by a whole bunch of explosive barrels. He's got maybe 1% health, you know, he still just steamrolls over Schizo and beats his ass you know, effortlessly and, and then slits his fucking throat and keeps walking. Right you know, so that that boss battle it went the only way it could have. There's no other way that could have played out. Um, okay, so talking about schizo, schizo's your favorite antagonist type character, your favorite character in the game. Um, when Deacon betrays uh, I'm sorry, said that one wrong when schizo <laughs> betrays Deacon and Boozer and they've got schizo locked up in that cabin. And uh, they're going to give him a trial. Iron Mike wants to give him a trial. Mm -hmm. Iron Mike sets Schizo free. And he says, one of the lines of dialogue, Iron Mike says that Schizo wouldn't have got a fair trial. And that's why he decided to just let him go. Why do you think, what do you think is the real reason that Iron Mike decided to let Schizo go?
0: That is an awesome question.
1: I mean, is it really just that simple, just because he didn't think he was going to get a fair trial? Or is there more going on there?
0: I think there could be more going on. So, yeah, Iron Mike, he's all about, like, justice and rebuilding civilization, doing things the right way. He's the honor and ethics guy. So, I mean, yeah, he knows it's going to be an unfair trial, and that's that goes against his code of ethics. Like, he wants things to be fair. That's his whole dynamic in the game is... I'm trying to rebuild civilization. We need to be civilized. Um, but also, I, I Iron Mike—he's a smart guy, you know. There's a way you could look at it where he recognizes Schizo's talents, his gift for weaseling his way out of things, and he mm. doesn't want to give Schizo the opportunity to get away with it. But I think what is most likely is that Iron Mike wants tough justice. He wants a death sentence for Schizo. But he can't morally hand one down himself, so why not let the freakers do it for him? Because you know, being turned out into the shit is a death sentence for someone like Schizo, you know, or at least it should be. Schizo—he knows Schizo can't look after himself out in the shit.
1: Yeah, he's not a drifter.
0: Right. So it is a death sentence that he gives him. He just packages it up as, oh, this is the fairest exile rather than execution. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. What do you and, think?
0: What's what's your well, point of view on that? I,
1: I do agree uh with part of that. Uh you know, you said that uh he knows that Schizo is is a very talented liar and a very talented weasel, and, and there's that chance that Schizo could actually sway the crowd or whatever to be against. Deacon and Boozer and side with Schizo. I'm like, well, you know, we know Schizo. These guys are basically strangers. Uh, you know, they're they're we're, they're on thin ice with us anyway. But we know Schizo. We know he's been here doing things for the camp, and and we're going to side with him. We want Deacon and Boozer to you know just kick them out, make them go away. Uh, so there is that potential. But <clears throat> and maybe this is just my my head cannon, or, or you know, again, me role playing Deacon uh, as the gamer. I think when Iron Mike says he would not have gotten a fair trial anyway, there was, there's plenty of ways to do that. You bring in a couple of people from uh, Tucker's camp. You bring in a couple of people from uh, Copeland's camp. You can make an impartial jury for people who were not directly involved in these incidents. You could make up an impartial jury. So that, that's one possibility. But he says that Schizo would not get a fair trial anyway. Because he knows Deacon and Boozer would not have let that motherfucker live to make it to trial. True. Deacon Deacon would have been on the top of a hill a mile away with a sniper rifle. Boozer would have been in the camp creating some sort of disturbance or something, you know, get people's attention for a minute and pow, headshot from a mile away.
0: That's that motherfucker true. would
1: have never made it to trial.
0: Yeah. But do you think so do you think Iron Mike didn't want Schizo to die, like didn't think that a death sentence was appropriate because he could have just protected Schizo until a trial could take place?
1: Right. And and that's just it, you know, because they wouldn't have let him make it to trial. They would have killed him before that ever happened. And I think he knew and he didn't really want he kept trying to discourage Deacon from being this cold killer. Uh, And he didn't want Deacon to be put in that position where it's like, oh, well, fine. I'll just take justice into my own hands and put a round through this motherfucker's head from a mile away. You know, I'll deal with this shit myself. He didn't want that situation to happen. He was, and I think it really was kind of a coward's decision is he to let's just avoid conflict entirely and prevent Deacon from having to murder him and prevent. Uh, you know, the chance of him being able to sway the camp and let's just make him, let's just make this problem go away, you know? And uh, so that's my take on it. And again, maybe it's just my head canon, maybe I'm just, you know, t- thinking it, maybe I'm thinking too hard, but I, when, when Iron Mike says he wouldn't have got a fair trial, I think it's because he knows that he, wouldn't he have literally <laughs> would not have got a fair trial. He wouldn't have made it to it. Yeah,
0: no, that's, that's a really, really good point. And you know, it just goes to show the depth of character in this game. That we can come yeah. up with three or four or five different reasons <laughs> why Iron Mike let him go and they all yeah. track. And it all makes sense because you have different personalities in play that have their own thought processes that you know, they feel like independent decision making beings. Which is just one of the fucking coolest things about this game. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think we're about out of time. So um, I want to thank you again so much for being on here. This was so much fun. And remind everyone when we can tune into your next live stream and uh, what game you're playing through at the moment.
1: Yeah, right on. Um, I do my regular streams. They are Saturday evenings uh, from 8 to 10 p.m. That's U.S. Dallas time or U.S. Central Standard time, 8 to 10 p.m. Right now I'm playing The Last of Us 2. I think we're up to episode five this week. So we're, we're a little ways into the meat of the story. Things are really starting to happen now. Um, so yeah. And, and thank you for allowing me the opportunity to remind the audience of that. Um, and you asked me something else and I forgot.
0: No, that was that covenant. <laughs> that, that was it. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll definitely be there Saturday night and I hope that everyone listening will, will tune in too, and we can get some, some, uh, you know, even more people to your audience. Because what you're building over there is is just such a great community. I said this earlier, it's so much fun and just so welcoming. And I think that that's, you know, just such a cool thing in this day and age with, with all the craziness that's going on in the world. I love that people can come together and find a little pocket of the universe where it's warm and welcoming and fun.
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the main reasons I enjoy doing it. So I want to thank you, Claire, for having me on the show. I, I was really excited when I got the first invite. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Uh, so I like to see the community growing and people participating in the community. Um, be happy to I'll be glad to come back anytime.
0: Well, I'd love to have you back on. Definitely.
1: I can't wait to see where this podcast goes in the future. I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: You can email me your thoughts, comments, opinions, and counter-arguments at daysgonepod at gmail.com. You can also find me moderating the Days Gone subreddit. Thanks for listening. Weaver out.